I love going to Minneapolis. I love visiting the snow. It doesn't come to me. We have this beautiful snow relationship. You know, I call San Diego God's country. <laughs> Welcome to Fresh Takes by Total Expert, designed to get you up, get you moving, and propel your business forward. Hit the pavement with us as we connect you to financial services experts, get their take on the state of the industry, and leave with actionable insights. Here's your host, Total Expert Chief Customer Officer, Sue Woodard. Hey everybody, this is Sue Woodard, Chief Customer Officer here at Total Expert, and I am thrilled that you've chosen to join us for another episode of Fresh Takes. So hopefully, you're putting on those sneakers, putting on your flip-flops, doing something so that you can take a walk. Uh, it's about 15, 20 minutes we're going to spend together, which is about the length of time it takes to walk a mile, maybe a little more if you're feeling fast today. Um, but we're going to take a walk in another guest's shoes here and also just learn a little bit more about kind of what's happening out there in the world, particularly thinking about credit unions today. So I want to tell you about the amazing guest we have from Thrive Strategic Services, Anne Legg. First of all, welcome, Anne. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure. It's going to be fun. Let me tell you a little bit about Anne. So Anne Legg is the founder of Thrive Strategic Services. She's an award-winning, internationally recognized credit union industry leader who is leading change via the development of data transformation strategies for credit unions. She's an author, educator, and marketplace presenter who actually holds, this is fascinating to me, an MBA thesis on the credit union business model, as well as two internationally published white papers on credit union business strategy. She's worked with nearly 600 credit union senior leaders to help them leverage their data for exponential growth. But what I can tell you is if you're listening and you're like, well, hey, I'm not a credit union, these are brilliant, brilliant strategies, though, that apply to pretty much any business model. And so um, this is going to be an exciting conversation. And so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you. And, and exactly. Um, you know, when you're thinking, just to talk about the strategy, when you're thinking about what you want to do as an enterprise, you need to be thinking about where you want to go. And one of the best ways to do that is to understand where you are. And that comes from your data. Hundred percent. Now um, we're gonna. I'm gonna throw you a tiny little curveball before we even get started here. We have these um, lovely little table talk cards that we use quite often at Total Experts at our events, whether they're live or online. Where it's just kind of a little fun get to know you question. Great. And so I've picked one out for you. That is, if you could choose a superpower, what would it be, and why? That's a good one. Okay, so it's really a battle going on between invisibility and flight. So if I could have invis invisibility flight together, that'd be awesome. But I realized I should just pick one and why. So let's go with invisibility. So mm. I think what'd be cool about being able to be invisible is all of the things that you could do for good with that power. So there is so much that you could nudge along in the universe that could be incredibly exponentially beneficial. And I would love to be able to use and harness that type of power for that type of good. Oh, I love that. What a good answer. And <laughs> I, I, I channeled like as soon as you said flight and invisible, I was channeling like, didn't Wonder Woman have like an invisible plane or something like that? Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Well, pretty much. You're kind of a Wonder Woman. I think you could nail that invisible plane. But it's uh, anyways, um, I just I love that answer thinking about all the good that you could do sneaking around invisibly to do it. Right. right. So <laughs> Exactly. So let's um let's shift gears and kind of dive into some of the, the meat of our topic today. So we know how critical it is to align with that customer or member perspective across all your teams and really focusing on that singular experience, regardless of if that experience is physical or digital, yep. right? 
Same, ex you know, you want a great experience regardless of if it's physical or digital. In fact, the digital banking report found the top priorities for financial institutions are digital banking transformation and improving the customer or member experience. So, right. Anne, tell us a little bit about where do you see the biggest opportunities for improving and elevating that customer or member experience. So again, of course, so much of this is gonna be around data, not surprising, but let's think about the member experience for just a minute, right? It is obviously a journey. And if we think about the purchase experience for a moment, we think about, hey, I'm going to purchase something because it solves a problem. And then I'm going to make my choice. I'm going to then have that zero moment of truth. I'm going to engage with said product. And then I'm going to enjoy the pathway of owning that product and hoping, hope, hoping and being delighted, ideally, that it is solving my problem. So we think about that purchase journey, for example, and we think about all the data that could go into that. And most importantly, what we want to understand, the most single most important fact on that is where is it broken and how can I fix it? So as we think about data, we need to be thinking about the member experience and how do I understand the friction in the experience? What's the data that's presented to me? So that I can do two really important things. Number one, understand the member's current condition, because many times we only know one piece. We only know when, say, they choose you. Or maybe they mm -hmm. say the zero moment of truth when they say, yes, I'm taking action. Or maybe it's only on acquisition when you can understand their experience. We need to think about that full journey need to understand it because if we can understand their current condition, then we can get in front of it and start cleaning it up and making it better. So you had, there's so much good stuff in what you just said. So one of the things I want to pick up on that I think is really important that is often overlooked is it's not just what the person is doing, correct, but it's what they're not doing. Yes. Right. Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Because Absolutely. I do feel like that that's something that, that again, gets overlooked when you're looking at the journey. It's like, well, they do this and I do this. They do this. I do this. Well, right. what happens when they're not doing anything? Because that means something, too. Correct. Correct. So let's let's talk a little bit about it in terms of really easy language and let's just call it friction. So any enterprise has three levels of friction and it's going to be product friction, process friction and people friction. So all of that goes into your journey. So when you're thinking about what not you're doing, it's kind of more like think of it as a line and think of it where you have a straight line and then you have dots in it. The line is continuing in its continuum. It's going from point A to point B, but there's little dots. How do you fill those dots to make it straight? In there are going to be three problem buckets. It's going to be either the product, the process, or the people. And if you can understand how to make that line straight, you're going to have a much better experience all the way through. So in the sense of what you're not doing, it's more in the sense of what is the friction, right? And friction doesn't necessarily mean broken, but it means what is the problem and how can, what are the areas and what's that range you can do it better? You're never going to have a friction-free experience, at least not in this world or this reality, but you can have a friction, you can have an experience that has less friction. That's, that's perfect. Thank you for diving into that. Cause I just, I think that's a really, really important point is sometimes the data that you're getting is absence of <laughs> absence well, of action or absence of data. Right. And a lot of times the data has to do with just the segment, right? So you're not even thinking about putting the data together because so much of our challenges is that our data lives in silos. So you might be in the marketing discipline and you're like, this is all this awesomeness. Then you go over and you're not even thinking about how that's connected into the tech discipline or in the finance and, you know, decisioning discipline, or even in the overall how does that overall experience and operational discipline? So when you think about those things and you put them together, you can see now, wow, our handoffs may have some opportunity for growth. Or maybe within the data knowledge, I'm not thinking about that desired end state. There's a lot in here. And then when you get to see that now you truly understand the member's experience with you, not just in the small areas, but in their overall journey within your ecosystem.
Brilliant. You know, and you're hitting on so many of the themes that are so important to us at Total Expert, where we talk all the time about every interaction somebody has with you and your brand is an opportunity to build trust or erode trust. And where do you have all these gaps that could could erode that trust? Yep. And it's really taking that hard, honest look at yourself and those friction points and, and gaps and, and figuring out how do you resolve those. So that's, that is just, like I said, spot on with a lot of our talk tracks and things we're thinking about here at Total Expert. So switching gears to what does this mean internally when it comes to empowering your teams for success and the changes that come with that? Um, you know, so often they don't know why the change is occurring in the first place. You know, in fact, Harvard Business Review had something out recently saying a third of employees don't even understand why change is happening, right? So what are some best practices that you have and can stand by to set up those internal teams for change? Absolutely. So the change word in itself freaks people out. Just freaks you out. It's like, why, why do you, why do I have to change? I'm not good what I am. So let's, let's just think about this and un, kind of unpack it in a different way. So when we're thinking about data, we're thinking about a, you know, the end user, right? We're thinking about how do we make the members' life better with their data? Well, in that, we have our gorgeous talent, all the people that are going to touch the data. Where are they in their level of consuming data? Can they consume it? Do they consume it? Because we hope they do. And if they do, we hope they can create actions to improve the member's experience. So when you think about it in terms of data consumption, not change, because I'm not here to freak you out. I just want you to consume more data. (laughs) I don't want to freak you out. So if you think about consumption, right? Now let's, let's put this all back into the credit union world. When we want to do something different, we want to be thinking about what's our mission, And we should have strategy that's aligned to mission. So the very first best practice is strategic alignment with your mission. If your mission is to serve the member, then what you want to be doing is figuring out what's the member's problem. And we kind of talked about that a little bit with friction a few minutes ago. And how am I going to solve that? I've never talked about change. I've never talked about that. But you're going to need a lot of data. And one of the best methodologies that we use to help get um, credit unions all excited and using the data and getting real quick wins on it is a process that's called design thinking or human-centered design. Came out of Stanford. It's something that you see a lot in the tech space. And think about it for a second if you were designing a um, technology product. You would be thinking about how do I design this for the end user? So even let's just say I've got an app and I want to be able to test uh, melons in the grocery store. I'm not thinking about the melons. I'm thinking about who's using my app, age, income, how do they use, how do they use the phone, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm thinking about how that works. So I'm always thinking about that because then when I put the success metrics in the end user, I will succeed. So credit unions, and I'm getting to, I'm getting to answering the change here and kind of a long story. (laughs) So credit unions, as they think about how they need to absorb and consume their data, they need to start designing solutions for the member in mind. When I start designing for the member, and they're already doing this, they're maybe not using data as their foundation. So for mm-hmm. example, I realize that in my um, auto lending process that I have a horrible handoff between maybe the in-person to the online. So let me think about how I can do that better and solve that member problem. What's the data I need? How do we need to understand? Because if I can solve the member's problem, then I'm going to solve a lot of my internal problems. And when I do that, I've changed, but I haven't used the icky C word. So I am now solving in a member-centric standpoint. And that's what I think has been the best practices. As you think about what you're trying to do, always be thinking about the end user. And this point, it's the member. And if you are building member-centric strategies to execute on, you will change because you're going to have to do things differently to be able to solve their problems. 
And that that is something that solves that Harvard problem, which says, I don't know why we're doing it. If you say we're doing this because this is why we want to solve the member problem, regardless of where you sit in your organization, you'd be like, I'm all in. That's why I work here at a credit union. So my best practice is to start and be building strategic and mission alignment so that you ultimately have a member centric strategy that you're executing on. I love that. So you're you're I love how you talk about beginning with the end user, yeah. uh, the customer, the yeah. member in mind, and then working backwards, Correct. but applying data to it so that the answer becomes obvious that, oh gosh, we need to do something differently in order to solve this member problem, this customer problem. Um, because you're right. I think the minute that you start to say, hey, let's talk about change management, um, it, you know, people have, it, you're right. It's not seen as, as necessarily a positive thing. And I know I see all the things on LinkedIn where people are like, change is good. Change makes us strong. Change wants, you know, but right now I think everybody's up to here uh, with with change and saying, you know, so your approach and saying, hey, we're just improving that customer and member experience by applying data. Let's see what that tells us. And then how do we go solve that customer member problem? Then everybody's bought in because they understand the logic of how you got there. Exactly. And we're not talking about, hey, we want to change you. We want to help and improve the member. And, you know, one of the ways we like to articulate that is, look, everybody wants to be a member hero. To be your best member hero, you got to be a member nerd. I love that. I love that. In fact, you know, we've talked about that. One of the exercises um, that we've gone through at Total Expert, really talking about, um, you know, kind of your story, your brand story. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the, the statements that really stood out to me was there's only one hero in a story. And the hero is always your customer. The hero is not you. No. <laughs> the hero is your customer or your member. Yep. That's who the hero is, not, yep. not you. We tend to make ourselves the hero of our own story. The hero is the customer, the member. So another question for you, and I, you've touched on this a little bit, but you, you've, you're have you paving the way with the work that you're doing for credit unions to really harness that member data to uncover those insights so they can guide that member on that financial journey. And the reality is that customers and members increasingly want to be with a bank or credit union that really understands and values who they are, what they're about, what experiences they have, you know, the, their, their take. Um, so a big part of that is connecting those people, the systems, the data, much as you touched on earlier, under one place to truly get that 360 degree view of the customer or member. So can you share a little bit more about just that and the potential impact that you see as you do apply? Um, what are the other good things that can happen when you apply that 360 degree view um, and that member centric data strategy? So what's super fascinating about that is your, so think about it from one perspective of what you know. Okay. You as a credit union know if your members have your loan or your deposit product or your how they incorporate with your systems. 360 degrees tells you what you don't know. Who are your other relationships? What is their spend? What is their overall problem? What are they trying to solve? You know, the fun part about credit unions is that they solve only four very simple problems for their members. They the member comes to them and says, "Hey credit union, please solve me that I have a shelter problem." a transportation problem, have a travel and play problem, and maybe not so much travel these days, but I definitely have a play problem, and I have a rainy day and retirement problem. Ideally, I'm not going to have all these problems at the same time, but the, the member's coming in and they're getting those problems solved. So when you're thinking about you know, that 363, you want to understand where they are and what's that context. So if you can understand who else is in their wallet, what type of needs they may have, then you get a beautiful description of your member's current state. And if you can understand their descriptive state, then you can understand how 
to predict where they may be and what they need. And that's the magic spot. If you can predict successfully, then what do you get to do? You get to do the magic sauce that everybody wants in data, and that is we want to prescribe. Because once we prescribe, then we have created an incredible amount of value because we're giving you something before sometimes you even knew you needed it. And when it comes to finances, oh my goodness, do we not need a little more of that awesome? <laughs> no kidding. So Anne, I've got one last question for you, and it's my my favorite question um, that I love to ask. I'm all about what action can people go take now that they've heard some of this brilliance, given them some good fresh takes and some good food for thought. Um, but if they're going to walk away with one action item for them to tackle, what's the one biggest action item that you would tell the listeners today to do not pass go, do this thing? Okay, so first of all, start your data journey. And here's how you're going to do it assess your current data condition. And it's very simple. There's just four subcategories. Number one, where the heck is your data? Your data is probably living in 60 to 100 systems. So find out where it is. It's It's got a home. So let's just categorize it. So number one, where's your data? Number two, what's that member problem you want your data to solve? So start thinking about what's the problems and how you want to solve them. Number three, how is your current talent consuming data. So understand that condition there. And then number four, where is your credit union on data maturity? Data maturity has four scales and you should be looking at yourself in those areas. So start by doing an assessment. Number one, where's all my data? Where the heck is it? What's it doing? Let me let me try to wrangle that in. Number two, what's the business problem or member problem I want to solve? Number three, how is my talent currently consuming data? And then number four, where I where is my organization on a data maturity scale? I love it. And it's taking good, hard, honest look and assessment yep. Yep. <laughs> and then assessment. figuring out what problems do you need to solve. I love it. So, um, and thank you so much for joining. This was just a fascinating discussion. I know everyone, credit union, bank, mortgage lender, everybody listening got a lot out of this conversation. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Sue. This was an absolute delight. Really appreciate it. And everybody, that was Anne Legg, founder of Thrive Strategic Services. And hopefully you'll be joining us for more Fresh Takes coming up real soon. Take care, everybody. All right, that is it. That was brilliant. I might have done this once before. I can tell. No, well, I can tell. I know. But it was really, really good. I mean, it was, it was good, practical, tactical, excellent.